the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Today, I want to speak to you about the soldier and his spoils. Take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 6 and chapter 7. Now, seven of these eight stories that we're looking at talk about how God used someone in a positive way uh, to influence many Our story today, The Soldier and His Spoils, centers around one person in this story who messed up. He did the wrong thing, and it influenced many people. It still illustrates our point that each of us has the potential to influence all kinds of people, either for the better or for the worse. And nowhere is this more evident than in this story that we want to look at in Joshua chapter 6 and Joshua chapter 7. We want to start off in what chapter? Chapter 6. I want you to write this down. Chapter 6 is the thrill of victory. It's the thrill of victory. Chapter 6, Joshua, as you know, begins a military campaign in the land of Canaan. And the very first city they come up against is a city called Jericho. Now remember, uh, Israel had been in bondage in Egypt, slaves, for 400 years. God uses a man named Moses, we talked about him last week, to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt They then wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. An entire generation dies off. And now it's Joshua's turn to lead Israel into the land of Canaan. And the first city they come up against is Jericho. And Jericho is known for this gigantic wall that goes clear around the city. And you know the story. I wrote a whole book on it. By obeying God, I want you to write that down. Just by obeying God, it's in chapter 6. Day number 1, God told them just to march around the walls. Day 2, march around the walls one time. Day 3, march around the walls. Do that for a whole week. But on the seventh day, 
I want you to march seven times. And at the end of that week, the seventh day on the seventh lap, without firing a single weapon, but simply by obeying God, Jericho is soundly defeated. It is the thrill of victory. What chapter is this? Chapter 6. Then we come to chapter 7. Write this down. Chapter 7 is the agony of defeat. It is back to back. Chapter 6, they beat this city uh, that's got this wall. The wall comes tumbling down. They are victorious. Then they come to this little tiny town called Ai. Everybody say Ai. Ai. And in Ai, Israel is routed. They are soundly defeated. And if you read the whole story, chapter 7, it's all because of one guy named Achan and his sin and his disobedience. Now, what happened was God had made it clear when the Israelites came into the land of Canaan, where the Canaanites, the Canaanites inhabited Canaan. That's why it's called Canaan. They were Canaanites. God, and don't get, and a lot of people get upset by this story, and don't be upset that God wanted to destroy the Canaanites because God, those 400 years when Israel was down in Egypt, those 400 years, God had given the Canaanites 400 years to repent. For 400 years, the Canaanites lived their lives without serving the Jehovah God, and they never repented of it. And God said that when you go into the land of Canaan that I'm going to give to you, the enemies of God, make sure when you defeat them that you take none of their possessions for yourselves. And everyone did that except that one guy named Achan. So in chapter 6, the thrill of victory, Israel is blessed because of their obedience, but in chapter 7 they are defeated because of their disobedience especially the disobedience and sin of one man named Achan. So in this story, as you read through it, there's a lot of lessons. And uh, most of the lessons have to do with sin. And I know that's not your favorite topic, but we're going to talk about it here today. Can someone say amen? Amen. Number one, write this down. Sin has its allure. It looks good. This guy named Achan He went against God's instructions, and he actually took some of the spoils from the Canaanites. He wasn't supposed to do that. And then he hid them in his tent. Later, it was uncovered, and he was confronted with his sin, and he explained exactly what happened. In Joshua chapter 7, verse 20, Achan said, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. And in verse 21, he explains in vivid detail. He said in verse 21, when I saw the plunder, a beautiful robe, and I saw, I saw the 200 shekels of silver, and I saw a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. He said, I coveted them. And then I, what? I took them, and then I hid them in the ground inside my tent. I saw 
I coveted, I took, and I hid them. And isn't that the way sin usually happens? The first thing you see something, and then you want it, and then you take it, and then you spend the rest of your life trying to cover it up. It all began when he saw it. You know, the Bible has all kinds of stories like that. In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 6, remember when Satan tempted Adam and Eve, the very first two people, and God told them to stay away from the fruit of the one tree, and uh, Satan comes along and dangles that fruit in front of Eve. And the Bible says in Genesis 3, verse 6, that she saw. It says it was pleasing to the eye. And when she saw it, she just had to take it. She had to. David saw Bathsheba in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 2. It says that David was the king, and he was walking up on the rooftop of the palace. He sees a woman down there taking a bath. Her name is Bathsheba. And the Bible says not that she was beautiful. The Bible says that she was very beautiful. And when he saw her, he had to have her. And then he took her for his own and then to cover it up he even had her husband killed to cover up what he had done wrong the story of ananias and sapphira in acts chapter 5 they sold a piece of property they were going to give the resources to the lord no one made them they just said they were going to do it but after they sold the land they looked at the money and they 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 couldn't give it all so they lied about it and they were punished for it. And the truth is that Hollywood bombards us with things that are appealing to the eye. Media and advertisers spend billions to lure us to use their products. Satan attempts to make sin appealing on the outside. It's one of his tricks. It's like a trap. And we're like bugs to a blue light. We get zapped over and over again. Satan cannot make us sin. I want to say that again. Satan cannot make anybody sin. But he is an illusionist. He is an impressionist. And he paints these pictures all the time. And according to John 8 verse 44, uh, there is no truth in him. So when he paints a picture, it's all a lie. It's all a mirage. But he paints these pictures to get us to sin, and we sin because we keep falling for his schemes over and over again. Sin has this allure. But number two, write this down. Sin always has consequences. How many of you could give testimony that whenever you disobey God, there's consequences? There's just consequences. It's just true. There are three laws of reaping. I want you to write this down. This, this, just, this is the law. We reap what we sow. That's what the Bible says. We reap more than what we sow. And we reap later than we sow. And what that means is that no one ever gets away with sin. We think that we can outwit God, outfox God, hide from God. We think that we can hide things from our family, that we can hide things from the Lord, that we can hide things from our parents, 
that we can hide things from the pastor, that we can hide things from our friends. But ladies and gentlemen, God is the one who sees all and God knows all. You can't hide anything from God. He, God, set in motion a law. It's like the law of gravity. It's like the law of centrifugal force. But this law is called the law of sin and death. It's a law that God established when he created the universe. He set in motion at creation the law of sin and death. And that law is that any person that sins, there will always be consequences for that sin. The Bible says in Romans 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin is death. The results of sin is death. The punishment of sin is death. All sins. I don't care if it's a little sin, a big sin, or a medium-sized sin. A sin that is known, a sin that is unknown, always leads to physical death. And more importantly, it leads to spiritual death. Sin is what separates us from God. Now, at the end of the story, no pun intended, this is a spoil alert At the end of this story, and people who don't know this story, when they read it, they really have a hard time with this. But at the end of the story, in verse 25, they take Achan and his family, his sons and his daughters, his cattle, his sheep, and his donkeys, and all of them are stoned to death. They take their possessions and burn them up. And then they take rocks, Achan is dead, stoned to death, and they pile and make a big pile of rocks and cover Achan. All because of his sin and disobedience. Usually we hear that and immediately we go, man, that seems unfair. The reason we think it's unfair is that all of us at some point fail to understand how serious God is about sin. And the reason we fail to understand how serious God is about sin is because all of us have justified our own sin at some point in our lives. And we try to ignore the fact, and we kind of deny the truth, that there are consequences for our sin. Sin blinds us. It desensitizes us. It dulls us. It calluses our hearts. And that's where we are as a nation today. We as a nation, we have called good things evil, and we call evil things good in this nation. We even have parades for things that God says is wrong in this country. And over and over again... Over and over again in God's Word, there are blessings for people who obey God and obey God's Word, and there is discipline and punishment for those who disobey God. Sin in our hearts or in our family or in a church or in a marriage or in a company or in a nation will always have consequences. Number three, write this down. Sin will be uncovered. There is no such thing as a secret sin. Researchers tell us that the average person 
is keeping 13 secrets, (laughs) five of which you have never told another living soul. And it's the mental and emotional energy that is needed to keep that thing secret that actually weighs a person down. Whether you're telling a lie or whether you've harmed someone or you're involved with drugs or in thefts or you have violated someone's trust or you use pornography or you've experienced or been a part of sexual infidelity or you have some uh, secret hobby that goes against God's plan for your life or you've ruined someone else's reputation or you got caught up in some addiction or gambling. This is what the Bible says in Numbers 32, 23. It says, you may be sure of this, that your sin eventually will find you out. In other words, your sin will be uncovered. And I want you to write this down. It's not a matter of if your sin will be uncovered. It's a matter of when. It will happen. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5, He, God, everybody say God. God will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose even the motives of men's heart. It's not just the deeds that we do. God will actually expose the motives of our hearts. Back in our story dealing with Achan, remember what he did. He took some things and he hid them in his tent. And Achan thought that no one would ever find out, right? That's why he did it. He thought, no one, no one will ever know. Well, in verses 14 through 18, there's this dramatic scene. I don't want to read it, but I want to explain to you how it happens. God's going to point out who it was that took those devoted things. Because God, God knows everything, amen? So they have this dramatic scene where God wants the entire nation to walk in front of him. And God is going to somehow, by casting lots, he's going to reveal who it was. Now, don't forget, there's about 2 million Jews. They're in 12 tribes. So he has a march in front according to their tribe. So first of all, he has, say, the tribe of Benjamin walks by. Then he has the tribe of Gad. They walk by. Then they have the tribe of Asher. They walk by. Then they have the tribe of Simeon. And he walks by. And then they have the tribe of jo- Joseph. They walk by. Then they have the tribe of Naphtali. They walk by. Then they have the tribe of Judah. And when Judah comes by, God says, stop, this is the tribe. And everybody went. (laughs) And then he said, I want the entire tribe of Judah now to walk by. And of course, the whole tribe is made up of family clans. In other words, large gatherings of people. They have multiplied so many times. And so the entire tribe of Judah walks by. Clan after clan walk by. And then according to verse 17, the clan of Zerah walks by and God says, stop, this is the clan. It's the Zerites. And then he said, I want the the clan of Zerah to walk by. Of course, the clan of Zerah, they all came from Zerah and there's different families. So they had every family in that clan walk by. And as they walked by one family after another, here came the family of Zimri. And when Zimri, the family of Zimri walked by, God said, stop right there. It's this family. 
And then he said, I want the family of Zimri to walk by one by one. So this son walked by, this son walked by, this son walked by. Here came Achan, and when Achan got in front, God said, he's the man right there. And you know what that would be like? That would be like today, we find out that one of you took two cups of communion. You're supposed to take one piece of bread and one cup of juice, and one of you took two. Now, which of you did it? I don't know if you were extra thirsty or what your problem was. But you took something that didn't belong to you. So what we're going to do, God's going to reveal this. I want the entire congregation to stand up. We're going to start with that section up there. You come down, you walk across here, and you walk by, and God doesn't say anything, then you walk by, then you walk by, then we start with this section, then this section, and then this section, nothing happened, then this, it was in this section. I always knew it was you guys. So then we're going to have you walk by row by row. It's not that row, no, not that row, not that row, not that row. It's that row. And then we have that row walk by one by one. And about the fourth person, we go, that's the guy. I see you sitting back there. You know, think about this. Only God out of two million people could find the one guy that took something hidden into his tent. But Achan is just like us. He thought he could get away with disobedience. After he gets caught, he confesses. Don't we always confess after we get caught? He confesses, but he does not repent. And there's all kinds of people who will confess, yeah, I did it. But they don't repent from it. Confession is admitting it. Repentance is turning from it. And that's one of the most important lessons you will ever learn in your life because the truth is we're all sinners here today. We've all sinned. Turn to your neighbor and go, you are a sinner. Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> now, I want you to turn back to your neighbor and say this. Hey, 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 hey. I, I want you to know I'm a sinner too. Now, if you told me that, I would tell you, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> you see, we know that we're all sinners. We know that. The problem is, is have we ever repented of those sins? Have we ever turned from those sins? Note to self, we serve a God who came to forgive us of our sins. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. 
That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.